ว้าวว้าวว้าวว้าว We call this user error in the biz. <laughs> oh my gosh! How long have we been talking? I don't know. That I'm so glad I sat to look. Do you have a watch on? I don't. I don't have a watch on. Where's watches anymore? The, find out the time. Son of a gun! Welcome to Cafeteria Christian, a podcast that only exists when you press record. <laughs> We've been talking. We have been talking. We were so serious. Now we have to. How do we? Oh my gosh. This fits. This fits the theme. This fits the. This totally fits with what we were talking about, which was how hard this <laughs> last two years has been. But oh my gosh, you guys, cafeteria Christians, we have been talking. I mean, it's been at least twenty. I don't want to think about it. It's we've lost some time. You know what? We spent some time. That's good. We we had we, our own personal. We processing. had our own personal podcast. <laughs> I'm Nora McNerney. I am back briefly, this time to press record, and I am joined live and in person in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, Yay! by my friend, the Reverend Natalia Turfa, a pastor who showed my child on a hike a cactus that looks like it was fl- flipping us off. <laughs> Truly. Who, who brought joy to the family. Who brought honor. <laughs> okay. Uh, who inspired my son to find middle fingers everywhere. Truly, truly. And he... He, he did. He did. So he rose to like the occasion. Doesn't that rock is flipping you off? Doesn't it look like that mountain is flipping you off? Doesn't it look like I'm flipping... It looks like you're flipping me off, eight-year-old. <laughs> Do you have to... And then we're joined you're by a... surrounded by dogs. sniffing a butt... <laughs> like Snuffing. it's a butt you've smelled that butt that's that's your dog that's your dog you should know her you should know her butt smell by now stacy do you care to comment <laughs> stacy yeah. smelling the microphone nora's literally surrounded by dogs right now uh, hoarding hoarding trying to get another one but matthew's being like a real stick in the mud about <laughs> having a third mammal possibly because what's on my train natalia my tortoise died Okay, my tortoise died. I am so sad about it. It we had this tortoise for a year. This tortoise, all tortoises use they them pronouns until they're <laughs> fifteen to eighteen years old, which is the only until then their their organs are invisible. You have no idea what their what their sex yes, is. Yes, you told me this. I had yeah. no idea. He's like, we didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah. Natalia, we and didn't I was even like, no, we didn't even know. We knew so little about this tortoise because, you know, they're very guarded, <laughs> they're very private, <laughs> very private animals. But tortoises have such good personalities. And, um, you know, it was a hatchling, which meant it was, you know, a baby. Um, and, uh, you know, they're supposed to live for like 85 years, which means I thought I was getting something for my great grandkids. I thought I would have to will it to one of our children, sell it with the house. They're a very common pet here in Arizona, just as an F you to the lady who told me, you're contributing to the exotic pet trade. Ma'am, ma'am. I can't believe people sell them with houses. They get so big. And in and not this kind of tortoise, but many of them hibernate in the winter, which means they broop under. You don't even know where it is until the spring. Sometimes people steal tortoises. Sometimes tortoises run away. We got a lot of hot tortoise news <laughs> happening. They run away. They're the slowest moving creature. You think so? <laughs> that, that says a person who's never met a tortoise. This tortoise, I would take it out in the afternoon. Um, you know, it'd be like my little meditation, and they just cruise around. 
cruise. You take your eyes off that tortoise for <laughs> one minute. You're not finding that tortoise again. These dogs know. These dogs know. Um, so yes. And so, uh, you know, some people are like, are you sure it's not happening? I'm like, uh, trust me, I picked up a dead body in front of my children. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not hibernating. <laughs> and everyone else was nice, except the lady whose uh, profile picture was her writing dressage. <laughs> dressage. Like I, I, you want to talk about, about, about an exotic animal trade, your horse costs like tens of thousands of dollars and oh. you make it dress up in a costume and, and dance for you. So, you know, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is like, there's nothing ethical under the sun. <laughs> and like everybody, we said this on, we were on yes. the phone and I was like, everybody has something. Everybody. everybody has something. Okay. Like I drive a hybrid and you know where they have to get those minerals for the battery from scraping precious metals from the bottom of our ocean. <laughs> it, it, like everything's bad. I would like to propose a new thing everything's bad <laughs> everything you love is bad in some way in some way uh, but no my my animal is not exotic uh nor was it uh traded they are just very common here very common very common and so i really love that woman just taking the time to reach out and say omg <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're like you know what you omg you deserve this not what you could have done tracy is yeah is and you know what I could do is stop thinking about it. <laughs> okay, so that that is also mm, that is also true. Mm, yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, there's just so much. <laughs> there's so much. So that's what I'm. That's what's on my tray. My tray is just um, a dead animal. Um, you know, it just it's it's just all the all this regular stuff, right? All the regular stuff and more and more. <laughs> Because what we were talking about, and I do want to know what's on your tray, even though I know nobody cares about this segment except me <laughs> and dozens of listeners, at least tens, fives of listeners, fives of listeners, at least five listeners enjoy this segment. What is on your tray? And don't try to say not much because every, every time somebody implies that the past 20 months, 20 months, almost two years were somehow like a way of like slowing down or like getting back. Uh, my life didn't slow down. Yeah, no. No, I've been doing more with less uh, like all of us. So yeah, no, nothing has been slower or easier or or better. Um, except that I don't have to go places. And to be honest, I don't think you'll ever get me to go somewhere again. <laughs> You're like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not. We I'm went just... out to dinner last night. It was weird. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta live without this. <laughs> um I am what's what's on my tray is a, a little bit of vacation. A little bit of uh personal emotional breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> little, little little dabbles. Uh but I will just say the so I, I came down to see Nora. I got the cutest little Airbnb. It's somebody's pool house and it's so cute. And they've just let me sit by the pool and work all these days. And it's been so great. And uh, it turns out Arizona in October is pretty great. It's the best. Pretty, pretty great. Yep. Um, you know, 85. So I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Nora's wearing a sweatshirt. I'm in a tank top and shorts. <laughs> Not a local. Okay. That's Not all you a know. local. That's all you know. Everybody in Arizona is cosplaying fall right now. Everyone's like, 
but at, at night it gets down to 60. So everyone's like, oh, wear a cute hat, wear a vest, where it's Christian girl autumn here. <laughs> After 6 p.m. So true. After 6 p.m., the streets are alive with, uh, you know, over-the-knee boots, big hats, even though there's no sun out. It's (laughs) nighttime. (laughs) Vests. Turtlenecks and vests. Flannels. Flannels. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. Like mittens, pumpkin spice lattes. And, (laughs) you know, it's, it's really, it's really cute. I really do find it very cute. I also find it very cute in the winter when people are wearing like full on parkas. And you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's 55. Cute. Oh, I love that. I love that about you. Oh. So yeah, it's been good to, um, when we were recording our, our, our personal podcast <laughs> that didn't record, I said, I just said it was, it was, it's been such a treat to not be in charge of literally anyone but myself and to realize how rare that is and how uh, much I take it for granted. Like I just, I just was like, I didn't realize how much I needed to not take care of another person or be in charge of another person or have be in charge of entertaining another person, picking up another person, um, uh, paying attention to a family schedule. Like mm-hmm. I am just in charge of me, me and me only. It is fantastic. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Um, every single single person out there without children, <laughs> like who. If you are aching for something else, every time I meet a young person or a person who doesn't have kids and is like, oh, God, I want kids. I'm like, I feel that. I feel I feel that. I feel that for you. I, I'm not here to invalidate your struggles or, or your desires and also like enjoy this part of your life. <laughs> enjoy it. And I remember people saying that to me and me being like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And someone saying, you have no responsibilities yet. And I was like, excuse excuse me. I am responsible for updating an Excel spreadsheet. So you want to talk about no responsibilities? Um, I pay rent. Yeah. Just oh. to, you know, uh, for, a, for a room that is the size of a queen size mattress. So <laughs> I, I'll have you know, you know, that I've, I've got some things going on. And uh, yeah, to, to not, to not be taking care of anyone else is like a real treat. Yeah. It's a real treat. And just the, the like ability to let things, I mean, I just, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm not checking in. I'm not, I'm, I'm just letting my husband parent and do all the things, just letting him do it. I'm not, it's been great. He's handling it just fine. It's great. Yeah. He is because he knows how to do that because he's an adult human (laughs) who also had a child with you (laughs) yeah, and also has a job where he takes care of things. Yeah. Yeah. More than capable and more than capable and happy to help and appreciates that. I'm like, I know you can do this and you don't need me to check. Like he doesn't want me checking in on him any more than I actually want to be checking in on them. So let's just, they've sent me good night texts and videos and that's it. That's, That's all, all you need. need. That's all you need. Oh, it's I love great. that. So then tell me about your like emotional breakdown. If you mind. <laughs> let's, just, let's just get right into that. Just dive right in. Well, uh, uh, this has been a hard time in our pandemic life. And I just, I think I want to acknowledge it. I did at the end of last week's podcast. And I know some people were like, thank you for just saying it and talking about how hard things are. 
because it feels like there's this everything's going back to normal and yay life is back to normal and hey aren't we all happy and everything's shiny and it's like we it we're allowed to not be okay right now we're allowed to to say like 700,000 people died and that's an impossible number to think about and so I just shoved it into a little box somewhere and also all the other things that have happened during the pandemic and how scary it was and how isolating it's been and how challenging it's been for faith and how realizing that that faith and church might have been something might have become something different but now people are like no it can't be anything different anymore that was only then and now this is now and we need to do it this way and those things don't count or this counts and having these all these feelings on top of the things that have compartmentalized, I said in our, again, in our personal podcast, I said, I, my compartments are full. And I think that's where we are after 20 months of this, the compartments of all of the things we've just shoved and put out of the way to deal with surviving and like getting through another day, uh, they're full. My mm-hmm. compartments are full. <laughs> and so at a certain point, then you start having to like crack one open to be like, what did I put in there? <laughs> what did I shove in there to like handle Tuesday? And and uh, and you're like, oh, oh shit, there's some stuff in there. Well, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in this caboodle. <laughs> it's very niche, very niche, but I'm here for it. You know, and uh, caboodles were opaque. <laughs> You didn't know it was in them until you opened it. It did not. And uh, in a lot of ways, yeah, it's like we have we have emotional time capsules within us. Yeah. That are just sort of sitting there filled with things that, you know, maybe we planned on dealing with in 2020 that had happened before. And then so much stuff happens that you really can never tend to it because there's never a good time. Because again, things have not slowed down. Things have not slowed down. Most of us have been working as hard and as much as ever, if not more, because now we also have zero boundaries between work and home. I've been on my computer or my phone basically nonstop. And I asked people about their screen time usage once on my Instagram. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. Double digits. And no wonder Facebook is like, F everybody, we're just going to make money because, I mean, they're like, it's working. It's It's working working great. Yeah, turns out we can. Turns out you'll keep looking. Turns out we'll keep taking your data. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a lot. And again, yeah, nothing has slowed down. Um, I, I think, I don't know where we sort of got this. It's a collective delusion. And I know yes. I participated in it because yeah. ditto. Ditto, we, were, ditto. we were on a walk and I was like, do you remember when it, at first it was like, okay, the kids are going to be off school for two weeks, which means we'll be home for two weeks. And everyone was like, cute. Cute. We'll get to like do movie nights and yeah. we'll like bake fun goodies and we'll have yeah. pizza. And I'll do whatever work I have to do because I'm just so excited to not lose my job. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so like I'm so a, thankful to so have a thankful job. to have a job, thankful for everything, thankful for this house, thankful for, you know, uh, food for whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, extremely I remember at one point, like early on, just being like I was like mad that our like neighborhood kids were like outside. 
I was like, get inside and stop spreading <laughs> a virus by existing. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I would like go on walks. And if someone was like even like on the street near me, I'd be like, okay, like now I have to go play dead. Uh, and uh, yeah, the first two weeks we were just like, I mean, you know, one of our fave follows, Ivanka Trump, was like, I have a tip for you guys. Like, make a picnic in your living room. I just remember her <laughs> posting that. And I was like, it's so wise. Like, yeah, it's spring break, baby. She was like, it was like a composite photo taken of all her kids because they were actually like at one of their vacation homes oh and they gosh. weren't even all together. Uh, and, and someone had like photoshopped it. It was very, you know, it was very much like. I am also like you, only just with a lot more money. But like otherwise, like basically the same. Also, what are my children's names? Um, I don't know. I'm also a woman who works um, not like in the traditional sense, but like in the sense that like my money works for itself. That's true. That's um, true. And I make my money work for me by making it make interest. And the way that I do that is by manipulating you online. But um, anyways, um, we all were like everyone was like, yeah, two weeks, baby two weeks you can do anything for two weeks right like we can we can do things we can take care of each other and it's it's got deep meaning to it because we're taking care of each other and yet everybody was so effing scared mm. people were so scared because we didn't have any information remember we didn't know if being outside was okay we, we did not know no we did not know anything no. and so yes we were like oh this is so cute we'll be together and have all these cute family moments and at the same time one of the compartments we were shoving in stuff into was we were just Is putting this the apocalypse all our fear in there and be like yes. are we gonna survive this i'm so scared for my kid i'm so scared for my people are my parents gonna live through it all we were hearing was like if you're over 65 you're basically gonna die rest in peace and and you know we're just like there was there's so much fear and uncertainty and we were like all we saw online and heard was like, this is, this is such good family time yeah. and like such good pausing and reflecting and like thinking about like slowing down and focus on you. What? And no, I was trying to not, I was, again, the compartmentalization <laughs> of it all. I was like, I was watching a lot of like old TV shows, <laughs> um, scrolling incessantly, self-medicating, and then also like trying to like pretend that things were like kind of okay for our kids who were so freaked out so freaked out and like you know Ian didn't get a graduation are there worse things in the world sure and also like you know there's a reason why we have milestones right they like help us mark things yeah. and you know Sophie left uh eighth grade and then like that was it like no eighth, an eighth grade graduation in some communities is a big deal, right? It marks you entering high school, yeah. and you know Ralph would just like left first grade, and like that was it. it. And you know, no first grade graduation is not a thing, but you know, the, the even just the end of a school year and getting to say goodbye to your friends and all that stuff. And honestly, our baby did not. I don't really think it really affected his life. Like he didn't get to go to daycare anymore. We, um. And all of a sudden, like his siblings and us were his only entertainment. Yeah. And then we did the worst thing ever. We took screens, our children's favorite thing, and we made them work <laughs> on a screen. We made them go to school on a screen. We sucked the fun 
out of their one escape hatch. And then I don't know about you, but I treated my children as though by second grade, they should know how to double click. (laughs) I'm like, press mute. Oh my God, your mic's not, stop. Like, well, I'm also (laughs) doing mine. I'm like, you click it. You click it. You go to the menu. I'm like, Nora, he's he's not like a young professional. Like, he's he's a, a literal like little kid who just got in trouble for typing poop in the group chat. <laughs> you're like, they're they're still a boy. Like it's you're just still a boy. Poop just jokes a, are always funny. They're always funny. He was like, I didn't mean to press send. And I was like, buddy, someday you'll send an email about a person to a person, and then you'll know what real regret is like. It's okay that you typed poop and press send. It is a funny word. And honestly, I, I bet the whole class could have used a little fun. And like, you know, our, our like our, our youngest was trying to do preschool on Zoom. LOL. Can you imagine oh just a gosh. bunch of nostrils and a bunch of little kids yelling like, I also have a cat. Like my dad, my dad told my mom. It's like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oop, okay. Okay. Yeah. It just, and all of that, I mean, I don't want to say like it's you don't want to say, oh, it's it's all a big trauma because people think like oh, trauma has to be something awful. But mm. trauma is just something that alters your life. Mm-hmm. And so like this altered everybody's life, whether you are a preschooler or a working a actual working adult with a family, whether you're single, married, have kids like it was a life altering. It's been a life altering 20 months. Yes. And we just kept on shoving things in compartments and now it's all like popping back out like everything's full the caboodle is literally exploding that snap close is not working i know it's not working double snap close which is like (laughs) it it was just a dressed up version of a tackle box you know where like it flips down and then up and then you get the nice click and the drawers the drawers it was just a tackle box it it did the most brilliant marketing they're like what if a tackle box was pink and purple teal and gray you know just like i was like mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. No, yeah. no no i'm listening i'm listening i'm buying i'm i'm buying um i actually didn't get one because my parents didn't love me but <laughs> my cousin lillian had one and yeah if you put a little too much in it guess what it's not gonna snap close you're not gonna, you're snap not gonna get it and i don't know where your shit's coming out mine's coming out sideways i wanted to hit this microphone with a hammer truly truly <laughs> yep. I was like, I think, I think that's the solution. I think, I think the solution is I need a hammer. And then my husband was like, I think you could just do it this way. And I was like, Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, and yeah, if if all these like tiny things that make us realize we're not okay, mm. I think we there's signals to pay attention to. And I think there is, I don't want to be like, there's potential to change because I think that just feels like another thing I have to do. But I also feel like I don't think the before time was better Mm. and I don't think right now is good. And so, but I, I do think there is potential to say, to look at what, what we've learned or experienced or how we feel and say like, what is good and not good about this? And and to be able to not to be like, oh, what are the lessons of the pandemic? But to say, um, man, I've learned some stuff about myself and what I need, right? In order to be sane and a human in the world. And that that includes my faith. That includes my job. To be able to say, like, I'm not sure the church needs to be what it used to be. 
And I know we don't know what it's going to be. And I trust that the church will, that faith and God and the gospel will exist in the future. I just don't think it's going to look like it does now. And I get how scary that is for people. But you say that to an institution, like your governing body, for example, and they get real about, you know, like Mm -hmm. they get everybody, you say that to schools, you say that to institutions of any kind, uh, American public media, you say that to anybody, I don't know if this is going to look like this anymore. And it's like you, you are shaking the foundation of the thing. And, and most of these institutions, this is the most cynical, I'm sorry, but most of these institutions are just created to sustain themselves. And so anything that's going to shake at their foundation, they're like, get out, be gone, be quiet, go away. And, and I think that um, this morning at, at a meeting I was in, we were talking about, so Reformation Sunday is coming up in the Lutheran Church. It's kind of the big deal. It's the, the last Sunday of October always, and it's coming up. And, you know, they say there's a, there's a Reformation in the, in the church has been every 500 years, so we're due, right? That's happening right now. The pandemic, I think, accelerated it a little bit, but we were already in, in process. Wow. And I was just saying, like, there's no Reformation that's come easy. It's never smooth sailing. It's never comfortable. It never makes the powers that be feel good. It's like always, uh, it, it, it's always messy and brutal and painful and scary and uncertain. And then it becomes normal. And then it becomes normal or the way things are or something beautiful. You know, it's like we, we, if we are Jesus people, which I would say we are, um, when I, when I think about that means we're resurrection people, which we, we believe in the cycle of life after death. And so that means death isn't scary because we believe something continues to happen after that. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm like not scared of the church dying. Mm. And boy, as a pastor to say that out loud makes the institution really not comfortable, right? To be like, I'm okay if the church dies. In fact, I kind of think it might need to. And, and, I think when people, for me, I just, I, I had this realization recently that I've equated God and the church or faith and the church as the same thing. And as I've lost my faith in the institution, it's felt like maybe my faith in God has struggled as well. And I think that's just, it's not true. It's just a, it's a false choice. <laughs> and to say, I can lose my faith in the institution, in the, in the church, as an institution and still have a faith. It just doesn't need the building or the institution to support it. And when you work for that, that becomes an identity crisis. (laughs) So there is where the emotional breakdown comes from for me is like, I'm a, I'm a pastor in an institution. Therefore, what does that look like? as we, as we start to break down an institution and I'm fine with breaking down the institution. I just don't know what that means for me as a pastor. So So not a lot going on at the moment. (laughs) It's a small thing, a small question. Oh God, Natalia, I am. um, That's just, it's hitting me. It's hitting me. I feel like we've, you build a career that's deeply meaningful to you, whatever it is. Yeah. And then it becomes 
um, it, it it's hard for it's hard for anybody to sort of imagine like it being different, even though at some point it was different or it can always be different. And it also it involves like dismantling not just like what you are doing, but like parts of yourself. Yeah. Too. And the parts that that have meant so much to you. Or and and it's in some ways to me like that excites me, right? I, I sort of thrive in a in a certain amount of chaos while also being um terrified of it in many other ways. Yeah. I mean, as you may or may not know, uh this this <laughs> job that I have now, whatever I'm doing in the moment is a job that I had to make up because I blew up my career after Aaron died and I had nowhere to go <laughs> and nothing to do. And I had to sort of like figure something out. And I did that seven years ago. And you know what's interesting about the year, about seven? It's like it's a very, very regenerative yeah. number. Okay. It's a holy number. It's a holy number. It's also like, you know, allegedly, um, allegedly every sort of like seven years, that's when, you know, all there's like, a, there's constant cell turnover right in your body. But like, you know, people like to say, well, in seven years, like every, every cell in your body will have been new, will have been a cell that wasn't there seven years before. Um, there's like another significance to it too. Oh, like uh, on average, it takes uh, a, a widowed person around seven years to feel normal. I'm coming up on seven years. I don't even know if I feel like normal. I don't, again, what is normal, right? Right. Um, and it takes seven years for a blended family to find some balance. Like seven is just, it's just one of those numbers, right? Yeah. And I loved what you said about if we are Jesus people, we believe in resurrection. We believe in cycles, right? We believe that things like that there is more than just this. Yeah. There's more than just this, and there's more than just something ending. And I've had a lot of stuff end this year too. Yeah. You know, 2021, like uh, it closed the closed the business side of Still Kick In, closed Hot Young Widows Club. You know, really stopped doing a lot of the things that I had been doing that were meaningful to me, and it was hard. Yeah, because like you said, that's a you're dismantling not just a business, but a part of you, right? A yes. part of your identity. Like you're yeah. still kicking and Nora go together. Mm-hmm. And so there is that that reminder. I mean, and, and I could do like this, the super cliched pastoral responses like, remember where your identity comes from and then you don't have these problems. And yeah, that's true. Also, it's bullshit because our identity is is made up of more than who God has told me I am. Like yeah. I know that's in there, and I believe it. And also, there are other parts of me yeah. that I that I think are valuable. I think it's important that I'm a mom and a mm-hmm. spouse, and I think it's important that I'm a pastor, and those things. And that you have good hair. <laughs> you know, like you're pretty. And what do we always say? <laughs> Looks matter the most. Yes, it's what's on the outside that counts. Okay. <laughs> And yeah, I know. Yeah, like oh, I get my identity from like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, that yes. is the that is the yes, correct and. answer. Yes, and and we were before we even hit the record button the first time, or okay, we get it. Okay, we get it. Someone forgot to hit record, or the second me. time we yeah. were before we ever even started recording. We talked about the both and of this, mm-hmm. right? That and that that is foundational in my theology, right? In my in my beliefs about God and in the world is that. There is always an there is a both and to 
to literally everything. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the both and is, is, is the, the days where I'm like, I don't believe this shit. I don't believe it at all. I don't have it. I don't Mm -hmm. have it. And that that's combined with, that doesn't change anything about the reality of the world or the reality of God. Like whether or not I believe in God, God is there on the days I don't. And then on days where I like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't have this quality. I don't have this really figured out in a, in a cohesive phrasing, but like I've had more days where I don't believe in God than I do recently. And that as a pastor mm-hmm. is a scary thing. Right. And then at the same time to, to trust that the further I walk away from sort of organized church or the set of doctrines or the hierarchy or the institution, I do feel like the more I, I'm closer to God, the actual God, right? So and the what, less is I, it, what is a day where you're like, like, what does it look like and feel like? What are, what have those days been like for you where you're like, eh, nah? <laughs> it's so hard. Um, I talked about this on the podcast with Kate too, where she has that line in her book where her pastor friend was like, don't make me a liar. Like, don't make a liar out of me. And I feel like I have prayed that prayer more lately than, I don't know, ever in my whole life to be like, I have, I still, on the days I don't, I don't buy it. I still have to often go out and tell people like they should. Mm. <laughs> it's like so hard. It's That's so... sales, baby. <laughs> and then you feel kind of shitty about it, right? Because so I think you hear it in my preaching and in my teaching, my struggle more. I'm, I, I don't want to, the last thing I ever want to feel like is that I'm not being authentic to my mm. congregation or to the people who listen to me or consider me their pastor. And I think it matters to hear somebody who's supposed to be in a position of leadership, who's supposed to have their shit together, get up there and be like, I don't know today. Mm. I don't know today. Today was too hard and I can't believe in God today. Mm. And I think, um, I'm getting all, yeah. all, all the emotions. And I think it just means like, then the community comes and says, well, I got, I got it today. And I think that matters to me whether or not I think that's bullshit too in the moment. Like on those days, I don't believe in somebody's like, I got it today. I'm like, well, go gay. You know, you're just like, <laughs> you're like uh, that doesn't mean anything to me right now. Yeah. And, and to feel mad about, um, I think there's parts of my faith that I, I do, I do think I mix up God and the way God is presented in the world mm. so much as the same thing. And when I get mad at how God is presented in the world or acted out in the world or by a church or a set of rules, um, I have those are the days I have the hardest time believing in God because I think, I can't do this. I can't do this if this is what God is. I can't do this if this is what God is. And the days I do believe or when I have an experience or a moment where somebody is just acting out of, uh, pure love and pure grace. And I feel like, oh, that's God. And I, I've been sort of thinking about right, right in all over scripture, there's, there's the phrase we hear so often, God is love, God is love, Mm -hmm. God is love. And so to me on the days where I'm struggling the most, where I don't know if God is like this being up in the sky or like what, who God is, what God is, uh, what faith is, who Jesus is to me. I'm like, when I see love in the world that I'm going to, I'm going to name that as God. And that has to be enough. Mm-hmm. And, and to not even sometimes to not even have to say it's God to just say, I saw love today. 
and that is enough. And when I, I think I am a better human being, a better pastor, a better person, uh, when I focus on and work towards the most loving thing in every situation. And that is hard. And it makes me then do things that are outside of the boundaries of what a pastor is supposed to do or a church is supposed to do or a, or a denomination is supposed to do. And that may, that makes things, then it cycles me back into like, this is all bullshit because I get stuck on the ways in which the church is not loving and people are not loving Mm -hmm. and the world is not loving. I get stuck there and then I get pissed about it. And then I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And I want to walk away. And I feel like when I'm honest about that, uh, and I say it out loud, uh, I get a lot of me too's, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's where I, I feel like, and that solidarity to me feels like what God is moving us towards with the Holy Spirit. I mean, she, she's a, she's a crazy, she's a crazy bitch, that Holy Spirit. She will just, man, she just stirs shit up and walks away. And I I, heard you don't believe in me. She's like, watch, watch what I'm going to do over here. Uh, you know, wind and fire are destructive. That's how the Holy Spirit is shown in scripture is wind and fire. They are destructive, destructive, but they are also renewing and life-giving. And like, like those are. Sometimes you got to burn it down. Sometimes you just have to burn it down. I love lighting a match. Look at all these, look at all these burnt matches around my house. You seen, have you seen this? They're just chilling. Do you think you could stand and reach and grab my phone over there? Because I have to take a picture of Meredith. Like, here, I think you can. I think you can reach. Okay, there you go. There you go. Because she's so cute. She's so cute. I can't handle it. Okay, there you go. I wrapped her in a blanket. She wrapped the dog in a blanket. did a blanket wrap, and she better not move. (laughs) She's so cute. Oh, Meredith. So... I don't know. How's that for an emotional breakdown? I love it. I hope. I love that emotional breakdown. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't handle this. I love when she's cute. I love it. Oh, oh no, she hurts oh, me. It's an airplane. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I wrote this, um, this little open letter to people who haven't come back yet. And the number of people who are like, thank you. I don't know if I'm ever going back to church Mm. to me, just told me that like the church is missing something, but God isn't, God isn't what's missing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What, what did people, what if people said to you about going back to church and why they would, I don't know. Like I, I mean, I've said this uh, enough times. It's like, it just never felt like a thing to me. Like, I just never felt anything growing up. You know, like I would sit in Catholic mass and be like. Yeah. I literally don't know what's going on. And part of that is undiagnosed ADHD. But I would be like, I literally <laughs> don't know. To to be, to go to something every Sunday and not even know the parts of it. Like not even know when you're supposed to be standing up. That's some, that's some inattentiveness, right? Like I was yeah. like, what? I'm sorry, what are we doing? Or the why. Like, they never told you. They never tell you why. Why you're standing there and why. Yeah. They don't, they just, you're just ex- expected to do it, right? And um, 
Sam and I a couple weeks ago went to a, a Hassan Minhaj, his stand-up tour. He's so great. He's so great. Yeah. And one of the things he said that I was like, holy crap, that's so true, was he said every generation is like a photocopy of a photocopy in, in terms of their faith. Like they're mm. just one layer like less clear and less true than their parents' generation where I think that's in some ways I do really think that's true, right? And and I also think that the church just changes so much slower than the world and to say like, oh no, we, we have to be this thing forever. We cannot possibly change is just missing the po- I just missing yeah. the point. And I mean I think- like literally Catholics are like a lady priest. <laughs> It's Are you? so they're just so far behind. And I want to like quote this TikTok. If you, if you know, if you know this meme, you know it. If you don't, but like that audio, that's like, "Are you, are you shitting my dick? <laughs> <laughs> lady priest?" Like, I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? I'm sorry, women doing a man's job. Are you my? My pilot was a was a woman. I had a female pilot for the first time in. I oh I always look, and I was like, hey, I know I almost wanted to be like women in STEM. Yeah, I do a thing that people don't think I should do too, and I just like have so much solidarity for you. I want to be like, good job flying this plane. (laughs) Like, yeah, you. I was so I had so much solidarity. I gasped, even though my 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 mother in law who worked as a Delta flight attendant forever was like. There's a lot of female pilots. I was like, not on my flights. I know. I never. I'm not like, on my where flights. Are they where? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Where are they I, flying? Does uh, it go so the, the to the, the mall? The just moves so slowly <laughs> and it's not where people are. Yeah. You're just like, where, where? I think to say, to limit God to a building or a set of mm. doctrines is, is just wrong. Yeah. I feel like it's just wrong. And, and every time I... I have an experience of of what I think is love, God, whatever you want to call it. I it happens outside of the church. And and so that I think the the, the lie that God could only be experienced in this one way was very exposed during mm-hmm. COVID because suddenly that one way was taken away from people and they realized that God is found in many in Zoom. <laughs> Now it's exclusively, I'm sorry, God's only available via Zoom now. Um. Exactly. Um, but but then people have these experiences of God. We created them. We helped them. We helped people find God during COVID. We didn't want people to lose their faith. That was mm-hmm. important. And then people start coming back to the building and we're like, oh, those things um, don't count anymore. Only this counts now. And I'm like, I, I am not. I cannot sign on to that. I refuse to sign on to that. I refuse. I will just say this on here that I did a baptism in somebody's backyard recently and the person in charge of me basically told me that it was not great and I have some big problems with that. I have some big, Mm -hmm. big problems with that. I think anytime you limit God, you limit the work of God, you limit the grace of God, you are wrong (laughs) i think you're wrong and so i think i've never gotten married in a church and like it counts i just i just feel like what are we talking about like what my grandma baptized a baby in a sink okay 
We make a, also dogs. You are not going to bark. You are not going to bark. They're so good. You are bark. not going to bark. You can hit pause. You if are you not. Want. You are not going to bark. 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 Because no, you are not going to bark. You are not going to bark. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. What's our time stamp? Good girl. Good girl. That's at about 43 and a half is when the uh, orders started. And that 44. Yeah. Dear, that was a good girl. That was a good girl. Those are my good girls who don't need to bark at the UPS driver who's just doing their job and they don't need they don't need shit from a chowini okay they don't they don't get paid enough to listen to your yapping okay and neither do i so thank you and i just think hold your hand she's holding my hand i love when she does this Mm -hmm. i don't know i think i don't think people who don't go to church are somehow less faithful or Mm -hmm. less i don't know i don't yeah it's like it's uh it's it's turning it mm, 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 and mm. if you love church and you find something there yes. great but it doesn't give you like more points because this is not like uh it it's it's not a girl scout troop yeah you know <laughs> like but boy we wish it do we, we wish it was yes i want a badge i want badges Best christian <laughs> i i like i like you unlocked it you unlocked 750 visits yeah. like you know it's oh yeah and certain things count more than others. And, you know, like, I mean, goodness gracious, if you have not been around a group of Catholics bragging about how many priests officiated their wedding, you have <laughs> not lived. Like, well, it was like, it was a high mass. Like, oh. they really, you know, well, you know, the, yeah, we got the bishop. What? You what? It's extra. It's an, it's extra married. Extra, You're extra married, married. If you had a bishop okay, we had, too. God was there twice. Okay. <laughs> Dude. Yes, we were we we got extra God on that one. It is scary for institutions. It's scary for individuals, and also we are all living in this both and in this yes and. And I think it is also a, a reminder that we can be imaginative, and that we don't need to be scared that imagining something new is going to um. I don't know. It just it's it feels to me like uh, like just this lack of imagination, right? Like, well, if it's going to be different, it won't be as good. And you know what? It, it might not be. Who knows? <laughs> like, what that's a risk. But what if it's better? What if it's better? What if it's better? What if it works for more people? What if it makes more people feel connected to God? Do you think that could be the point? You yeah, know? I mean, t- to me, the point is not like going to church or like making a member. It's going to get me in so much trouble, but. It's like, but that's not even the, that's not even the words of Jesus. Like Jesus is go and make disciples, not go and make members. Mm. You know, it's like, this is, this is about like, do we, do we help or hinder the gospel? Do we help or hinder God in the world? And when you put up like rules around what it has to look like in order for people to meet God, that feels gross. It's not good. It feels so gross to me. And I just, am like, ugh, I don't want... I don't want rules to prevent somebody from having a connection with God Mm -hmm. or their faith or whatever it looks like for somebody to say, I understand when people are like, I don't think God looks like this, so I'm not going. I get that. I fully get that. And I'm sort of right there with you most days, you know? Yeah. But I, 
to me, really trying the work of right now, right now for me is really trying to separate God, faith, Jesus, whatever you want to call um, your faith from an institution. Mm. And I think when I do that, my faith is better <laughs> or I understand God better. And I don't think, I don't think God was ever intended to be institutionalized. Yeah. I know. I'm... Well, you know what we say at this podcast? <laughs> oh, or what we used to say to wrap it up. I don't know if we still do. We still do. You know what we say? We say, take what you like and leave the rest. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that right there. And we're going to wrap up this episode. Yeah. Because Oof. I think you just had a little bit of a breakthrough, baby. And our listeners got to hear it. And that's, that's very, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I love you. And I care about you. And you're doing a good job. Thanks, Nora. You really are. I'm so glad we're in the same place at the I same am too. Time. And I'm just proud of you as a person too. And you make a lot of people feel closer to God. Even if, even if you are a liar and it's all made up. <laughs> Welcome to Scamming in the Name of God. <laughs> that, that, is, no, that is how we started. Scammed in the Name of in Jesus. The name was that ever recorded? It was, was not recorded. It was not. Okay. Okay. Y'all, in the episode that did not exist. To hell, don't think it over. <laughs> Listen to what I have to say. <laughs> Nora said we were starting over. an MLM. <clears throat> Just about, pay. But we were going to tell you beforehand. We were going to tell you beforehand we are starting an MLM, we are starting a scam, we are starting a Ponzi scheme, we are starting. We're telling you ahead of time ahead so that you time. can't get mad when we scam yes, you. Yes, 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 yes. So That's it's, so funny. It came yeah. full circle and you came didn't full get circle. to hear the start of the you didn't circle. get to hear because <laughs> someone didn't press record. It's fine. Um, but and scammed in the name that. of Jesus was what I wrote down as a potential, as a potential title. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's all, I don't, we don't believe it. And it's yeah, all made we're gonna, up. We're going to instead move into an MLM business. It's like, you belong. Then you get 10 other people to belong. Then they get 10 other people to belong. Once you're 12 layers down, everyone belongs. Who gets rich? Hard to say. Definitely not you. So if we've learned anything from the LuLaRoe documentary, it's um, not many people. So, uh, okay. So until we meet again, take what you like, leave the rest. This is hard. All of it. Being a person's hard. Being a person, being a person is hard. Knowing what you believe, re-examining what you believe is hard. Um, being a dog and being told not to bark when the UPS person is flagrantly approaching your home with a package that your your person ordered, very hard. But we, we're all we're all doing it. We're all doing it. Oh, all right. Well. Right. Um, here Christian is a part of the Alter Guild Network of Podcasts. We are produced by the Reverend Matthew Ian Fleming, uh, your hosts are Natalia Turfa, today Nora McInerney, often Emmy Kegler, and also Jesse Ross. They're the best. Uh, and not scammers yet. <laughs> Bye.